Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Goodyear Assurance Weather Ready. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. What is up, everybody? Three and Out Podcast. That's where you find yourself, John Middlecoff. That would be me. Uh, for our new listeners, hello. How are you doing? For our oldies, welcome. Good to see you again. And uh, whenever you're listening to this, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, hopefully you're having a good end of your week slash weekend. Uh, the Masters just ended on Thursday night, and so I said, press record. And that's where I'm at right now. As you know, I like to gamble. I like to dabble. And uh, I didn't gamble that much. Just put a couple hundred dollars, spread it around on some different guys on the Masters. Because I didn't really feel good about it. Uh, and I'm luckily, uh, luckily, I didn't waste any more money because I'm going to lose it all. I don't think there's no chance all my guys stink. I guess I got I got John Rahm who's in the mix. And, and Gary Woodland, you know, big Kansas City Chiefs fan, Kansas guy. Um uh, is is I got him to top five, but it's not it's not looking pretty. It's not looking pretty at all. That being said, this is a football show, and uh, we're going to talk a little draft. We're going to talk a little Deshaun Watson. We are going to uh, talk a little bit about the lying media season and everything that's going on, and the freakout that's going you know through just the social media channels and the television shows. And uh, then we'll do Middlecoff mailbag, as of course at John Middlecoff is the Instagram. You just shoot me a DM on Instagram, and then I'll read your question here on the show. It's uh, pretty easy-peasy. And, of course, if you could, subscribe to the channel separate from Colin's feed. Colin's got a little feed on, uh, not a little feed, it's a massive feed on his Fox Sports deal. I also go up there, but I also have a three-and-out feed. It helps if you subscribe to that one. Thank you very much. And uh, I hat tip you on that one. Did a little Derek Jeter gif, respect. But I want to start with what's going on right now in the NFL. And this goes on all offseason, but these last couple weeks is when you really hone in your board. And the draft meetings are taking place. And there's kind of a buildup, you know, because this is a huge interview process to ultimately be in position to potentially draft a guy. Unlike an interview process, like in a normal job, right, even when head coaches get hired or you or me get hired at a place. You interview once, maybe if it's a big boy job, you interview a second time, round of interviews. And then, potentially, they offer you a job or not, right? Well, in the draft period, you are doing all this research in the fall, gathering all this information, then you get with your bosses, and you start presenting them the information, 
they also start looking at the player, gathering their own information, and you put all this information, then on a typical year, you go to the combine, then after the combine, you have more sets of meetings, then the pro days, and then before the draft, you have more sets of meetings at the hope to offer some of these individuals jobs, aka being able to draft them. It's pretty unique, right? You don't actually, unless you draft number one, have control over who you pick, right? Technically, this year, you do have two because you know who's going to go number one. But like, you know, the Chicago Bears or the Seattle Seahawks or just pick any team past like five, they kind of got no clue. I mean, you got an idea, but there's a lot of moving parts, right? There is a lot of unknown. There's a lot of out of your control. And the thing with draft meetings, and in my experience, they just, they happen a lot. I mean, you have several sets of draft meetings leading up. And the first part, like I said, is really to lay out the person. Because ultimately in the NFL, like in any job whose main product is the people, you got to get an understand for the person. You know, you, you have to get a feel for the type guy that you're going to bring in. And the reality is in these draft meetings, one thing you're constantly bringing up, talking character and about how he operated in his program, what he was like, how he treated people. The thing you'll never be able to know and this will never be fixed, is how he'll truly be able to handle millions of dollars. Now, maybe with the uh, the new rules passing in college football, the, my favorite part about the college football rules is like, they can't let them sell their likeness. And then the people are like, let them sell their likeness. And everyone's like, it's just going to be car dealerships and all this stuff. It's like, you fucking morons. It's going to be internet. It's going to be Instagram ads. It's going to be YouTube channels. This ain't 1998, brother. All the money's made on the interweb, on their social media channels. Michael Pittman is a good example. He's now about to go into a second year with the Colts. He had a massive YouTube channel when he was on the USC football team, but he couldn't monetize it. I got a couple YouTube channels, monetize them both. The moment Michael Pittman, you know, left school, he started monetizing the channel, started to have people sending him free stuff. That's how these guys are going to make money through Instagram and uh, YouTube and Twitter and TikTok and all those channels. That's where the majority of the money is going to come. So maybe in like 10 years, you'll be like, well, you know, Michael Pittman Jr. Jr. was making a million dollars in college and he was super focused. So you'd have a better idea of how they're going to handle money. Right now, you don't, right? Right now, you have no clue if you're going to draft a guy seventh overall, how he'll handle getting $25 million. So you try to work through all that. And, you know... Every kid is different. I do think the majority of players in the NFL, in my experience, going to different practices for the last eight years, whether it be the 49ers or the Raiders, most guys in the NFL, pretty good guys. Really high-level guys. If they were in society, if they were working normal jobs like you and me, they would kill it. We have a small percentage of bad apples just like you do everywhere. So that's why when those guys come up in the draft meetings, whether they've been suspended, whether they've been in trouble, whether they've had you know issues with the law, it's a serious conversation. But there still is a lot of unknown there. Are they over it? Oh, it was it a one-time incident? Was it a you know was it a consistent habit of behavior? Like was it part like their habit was to get in trouble? That was part of the deal. That was part of the package. You know that's where you talk it out in these draft meetings. And then ultimately, the reason you're having these meetings is because of the player. So the last couple months, I would imagine this year with no combine, you start talking about the talent and building up where he's going to go on your draft board. Is he a high-level starter? Is he a functional starter? Is he an average starter? Is he a backup? And depending on how different teams do it different ways, what round would you draft him in, how high impact of a player you do, you start putting him on the draft board. But here's the simple reality with the way the draft works. Just because all the scouts get together and you build a draft board and you love to say, we're going to go best player available. And what that truly means is you have a draft board vertically, which is every position, quarterback, up and down, running back, up and down, right? If you just look across and you just go quarterback, running back all the way to like safety and you just place all the positions on top of the board, I guess that would be horizontally. And then down vertically, you place each position, right? So... As guys come off the board, you can take them off. And then ideally, with the best player available, you'll have a guy with every pick who is the highest-ranked player. Now, earlier in rounds, you were going to have guys, a bunch of people that are equal, right? If you pick 18th, you might have seven guys that are all graded the same. 
maybe a couple corners, maybe a couple wide receivers, maybe a tackle, maybe a quarterback, then you'd have to factor in your position power rankings, right? Obviously quarterback, O-tackle, defensive end, whatever, etc. For me, running back probably be last, and then figure it out. But I'd argue most of that stuff is a little bit bullshit. Because deep down, when your pick comes, no matter how much your draft meetings have encompassed, how much time you've put in, I know a lot of scouts I know get very frustrated. You saw articles this week or within the last couple weeks about Belichick's scouts getting really frustrated. Because the moment the season ends and he kind of morphs into off-season mode, they become irrelevant. They do all this work, and then the moment it becomes quote-unquote draft season, they're not needed anymore. It's like they do all their work during the season, and then once the season ends and it's supposed to be their season, they're just kind of rendered irrelevant, thrown in the corner. Their voice doesn't matter. And this happens at a lot of teams. I know a lot of scouts feel that way. A lot of personnel people feel that way. Why? Because a lot of coaches now have the juice. So when it comes on draft day, and I've heard a lot of stories over the years, I'm sure you've probably read some, you know, information gets out. Just because a guy is drafted, that does not reflect the scouting department. Because ultimately, every single person in that room is making a suggestion. The decision maker, whether that be the head coach, let's face it, the guy at the top of the organizational you know, uh, food chart here, uh, the organizational flow chart, the guy with the most juice is the owner. And if the owner wants a player, they are 100% taking that player. Why? He's in charge. And it doesn't, I don't think, happen that often, but it definitely happens. And they influence drafts. And it actually happened pretty recently. Now, again, this is a guy that has a long history of this, but Dwayne Haskins with the Washington football team. As we know, Jay Gruden, the coaching staff, wanted a different player, and they ultimately ended up with Dwayne Haskins, who clearly was a disaster, didn't make it through a second year, Ron Rivera cut him. But the question mark is that when they get to the draft, and the draft is happening, do you go off the board? Because I do think most draft boards, universally, if the, if the personnel department plays a role in it, is, you know, I'm, everyone's going to be a little hit or miss, but you get everyone's opinion throughout the draft process as you're watching the players. A lot of teams do this. If there is a question whether we think we should rate this guy as a mid-first rounder or, you know, a back-first rounder, if your draft process is a high-end starter, an average starter, usually watch tape on those guys. That's how all the good teams that I know spend a lot of times during their draft meetings watching film on players that they're arguing about. If you have a guy, have a guy that's a no-brainer number one, like a Trevor Lawrence, you don't waste that much time on especially if you're not going to be in position to draft them. But the majority of players in the league and the majority of players in the draft kind of find themselves in stacks. So by the time that you have, you might have a group of running backs that are all basically stacked the same, and you watch those players and then you rank them. But on draft night, if your head coach is the boss and your GM ultimately answers to him in the hierarchy, let's just use Seattle as an example, if Pete wants the player that's third in the in the rankings and he's not the highest guy on your board when you pick, but John Schneider has the other guy rated higher, they're going to take who Pete Carroll wants, if you know that is the case. And that's where I think we find ourselves in a tough position in football to judge all these teams. And I see this a lot. I, you know, I've seen it before like with the Raiders. Everyone's like, God, Mike Mayock's doing a terrible job. Is he? I, I have no idea what May- Mike Mayock is doing. Because I saw Mike Mayock for a decade put out his lists, put out his top five players at every position, put out, you know, talk about players on TV. And I thought when I was in the NFL, when I've been out of the NFL, I went, God, damn, this guy's pretty good. This guy knows what he's talking about. My friends in the NFL were like, God, Mike is impressive. He nails a lot of these players. And then he goes to the Raiders and it's a disaster. Why? He's not the decision maker. He has nothing to do with it. Like the 49ers make this crazy trade. John Lynch, Whelan, no, Kyle okayed it. Kyle wants the quarterback. Kyle's the boss. And I'm not diminishing any of these guys' roles. But this is what one thing I've always thought when I worked in the NFL. Once I got fired from the Eagles, I'm like, nobody, I repeat, nobody in the NFL or even outside of the NFL has any clue if I was a good or bad scout beside the people I worked with. They are the only people that know. Since I've got to the media, I don't even, since I've got to the podcast world, <laughs> and I just do this for a living, that's a very public job, and you if you listen to me, you have an opinion. He's Middlecoff's pretty good. Or God, Middlecoff sucks. Like, you, you see my work. It's just out there for everyone to see. 
But with teams, we have no clue. So we assume when a guy is drafted pick 26 by team whoever, we're like, that was the highest rated guy on their board. Might be. Or it might have been the guy the owner loved. It might have been the guy that the GM that has the juice over the coach loved, even though the coach had three other guys higher. It's where during this period of time, it's very complicated to judge anybody and truly know. Here's what I do know. The best teams, they truly do have a collaborative effort. And they truly do follow their board. They And they can work together. And there is, as Belichick, who I was told, he's never told me this or actually never met him. I know people that have worked for him. And he loved the, the term, there's no growth without confrontation. I think a lot of football coaches live by this. Is part of a football atmosphere is aggressive. You got huge egos. Now you got huge money with GMs and coaches. You're going to argue. Guess what? That's healthy. Can you get to a solution that is the correct one? Because that's truly all that matters. And I think the best teams can. That's why the best teams typically have the best players and they typically win the most, right? So listen, is Seattle perfect? No. But for the most part, do they know what they're doing? Yes. Do you think Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin agree on everything? No chance. But do they ultimately pretty consistently come to the right conclusion? Of course they do. That's the thing with Belichick. Like, he's got no one arguing with him. And if they are arguing with him, I don't think he cares what they say. I know Andy and Veach's relationship is extremely special. And they've worked extremely well together. Even John Dorsey when he was there, right? Worked really well with Andy. And I think that's the key, is to be on the same page. But even once this draft's over, we won't truly know, like, and these teams never tell you till after the fact people get fired and they fail. Who's the actual person making these decisions? Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Pirelli tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. 
Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Pirelli test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Okay, I got to dive into this really quick. Because every single year, every single year, rinse, wash, repeat. The cycle happens. And from about, I would say, a week after free agency, I guess sometimes it happens at the Combine, and then free agency takes over, and then free agency really just goes strong for like a week, right? It's the couple week or a couple day lead up to free agency, the, the tampering period. Then when the guys actually sign, and then by about the weekend, all the sweet players are have teams. So we're just kind of moving on to the draft. And we really hone in to the college players. And things come from every different angle. I, I saw this great graphic today. Uh, the Masters Twitter account tweeted it out. Every single shot on hole 12. Short little par 3. And it just had a tracer of every shot. It was incredible. I mean, balls going all over the place. Sand, water, five feet from the green, over in the bushes. It's, it's awesome. It's an incredible visual. That's what it feels like with just stories coming out from different media members. This team is in love with this player. I have talked to three teams who can't stand this player. This guy is an idiot. This guy is great. This coach loves this guy. This GM hates this guy. Here's what I know. In the history, well, I I can't say that. In my time being around football, I would say my adult life, I don't ever remember a team. Maybe if you're drafting one, you come out and say it. But any team, just somewhere that is out of their control, coming out on record and saying, you know what, we're drafting seventh, but I just wanted to uh, tell our fans and tell the league who we got in the top 10 and why. Uh, Trevor Lawrence obviously would be our number one overall pick. We would have Zach Wilson number two, though we have a lot of question marks, some question marks with his character uh, before his junior year. We do question his level of competition, but his skill is fantastic. And just went, you know, one, two, three. Oh, let's get to Justin Fields. We actually don't uh, agree with Dan Orlovsky's comments. We think he's a hard worker. But we do question his accuracy. We actually think his play speed is much slower than the 40 time he ran. I'm just giving examples here. You know what's never happened? That. We have no fucking clue, including myself, who has access to about seven decision makers on different teams, I don't even ask him. One, I'm just not a reporter. And two, like, I I know it's a weird situation. I don't really, it's not like I care about being lied to, but I just don't bother anyone during this time. Besides, like, my friends that are quote-unquote scouts. And then we really just talk about the players. But I would never, if I text Brett Veach right now and be like, you know who the top five players you plan on drafting at 31? Or Howie, like, who do you think you're going to draft at 12? Or or John Lynch, like, "What, what do you guys, Mac Jones, really? In a million years, they would never say anything. To think that all these plans that are out there are being leaked from the team are actually true would be beyond naive. It would also be borderline insanity based on we have a mountains of evidence for decades that this is quote-unquote lying season. No one is telling the truth. Part of the market manipulation is bad-mouthing a player that you actually like. You know why? Because you don't care that if other teams maybe believe the lies that you're telling. But here's a reality. Most of the teams don't believe the crap that's coming out. Why? They have the actual information. I was driving around the other day. And, you know, I'm not trying to act like I'm above it because I'm not. I was a sports radio junkie growing up. And now it's really sports podcast. But it's hard for me. And again, I'm not, I'm not trying to get on my high horse and act like I'm better than any of it. Maybe it's just other people's opinions on sports bore me now, but I struggled to listen to sports radio, and I realized why the other day. I was driving around listening to, I was just checking the channels. I, I just like seeing what the topics are, you know, see if these people, you know, are on the right stuff. And I, I come across a local radio station that was like, I can't believe that Mac Jones' DUI got covered up. Can you imagine if Justin Fields or Trey Lance had a DUI? I'm like, are you guys morons? 
can you Google Mac Jones? It's one of the first things that comes up, one. Two, like, why do, just because you don't know about it doesn't mean literally every team in the NFL knows about it. The SEC, which is arguably the NFL light, if you don't think it was a major story in quote-unquote SEC land when the Alabama's backup quarterback got a DUI, whatever, three years ago, you're a fucking idiot. And, and so many people talk about this stuff that have no clue what they're talking about. In all these reactions, it's all kind of fake. You know, fake or just uninformed clueless. And that, listen, I'm lucky having worked in the NFL, know a lot of these people and understand these people laugh at this stuff. Like, you guys are idiots. I think one problem too, and I've been thinking a lot about this, is a lot of former players are on television. Well, who do former players spend the majority of time around? Coaches. So who is feeding them information? Assistant coaches. Think about that. Think who is the least valuable person. I mean, honestly, I'm not even trying, again, back to the sports radio thing, I'm not trying to act high and mighty. I'm not trying to act like an asshole. The guy I care about least typically during the draft is the assistant coach. For the most part. Now, I've been around some that are very, very good at their job. That are elite evaluators. But his opinion is like lowest on the totem pole. That is the guy feeding a lot of information to these quote-unquote former players on television. Because that's the guys they know. You think it's like, you know, I spent a lot of time when I was the starting right guard for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers around their college director. We often just talk players and uh, what it's like to scout the SEC region. No, they're not talking to those guys. I can't tell you how often I talk to a friend who has a region in the country after someone goes on television and says something. They're like, where could, and this is a guy that they talk about a player that this guy goes into the school countless times, talks to all the assistant coaches, the trainers, and literally the other players on his team at said school. But those guys get big platforms. Why? It's just the way, I honestly think it's pretty antiquated. Like, uh, it, it made sense probably in like the 70s, 80s, 90s, get super famous people on television, right? If, if a famous player, put them on television. You know, Joe Montana, put them on television. Bill Walsh, put them on television. We have a long history now. That doesn't necessarily work. The NBA is king of that. Like, oh, Chris Webber, Reggie Miller are terrible, are god-awful, right? Think about the NFL, all these famous players that are on television who are just like, am I, am I really listening and watching this right now? Hell, we saw it on Monday Night Football. Seems like a nice guy. Booger was on TV. Like, that was awful. You know why? Because he didn't know what he was talking about. Hell, you put Lewis Riddick on television. He played. His front office experience is really what separates him when he's on television, right? He can just talk about angles that you're like, whoa, I didn't think about that. You don't need to be some superstar player to have good opinions. Now, Troy or Tony Romo, Troy Aikman, there are exceptions. But for the most part, like, I don't really care... And listen, I actually kind of like this guy, but like Dan Orlovsky's takes on individual stuff, like, is that really coming? Now, I would imagine he's gaining a lot more contacts through his job, and I think he's good. I actually enjoy him for the most part. But when he comes out and says something like, do I really think he's getting the information from someone that knows what they're talking about? I don't. I I just don't. And the teams know this. They laugh at it. They think it's a joke. Yet all the fans, and hell, I'm living in the heat of it right now because of everything that's going on with the Niners and Mac Jones. Here's what I know with the 49ers. Since Kyle and John Lynch have got here, no one had any clue who they're going to draft the last couple of years. Obviously, Nick Bosa went two overall. That wasn't like that big of a secret. But McGlinchey, when he went nine, no clue. No one had any clue. And it turns out that was the wrong pick. They should have taken Colton Miller. But Brandon Ayuk, Javon Kinlaw, I didn't hear any of those names. Had absolutely zero clue that that was going to happen. Joe Staley literally retired, and it didn't come out until they basically announced Joe Staley's going to retire. Like, there are no leaks in that organization. Now you're telling me the biggest trade in 49ers history, they're just telling everyone Mac Jones is a lock pick? I just don't believe it. I don't believe... I see Jerry Jones love Kyle Pitts. You know why, if I was the Cowboys? here, Do you know what I'd be good at? you know what teams should hire me to do? Middlecoff, come in and help us... Uh, kind of mold some lies to leak out. Because you know what the lie would be if I was the Cowboys? What do I need? Defensive help. What else do I need? I need my offensive line to be better. Because it's getting old and guys are falling apart. You know what I do not need? Offensive weapons. I got three legit fucking wide receivers. I got Amari I'm paying $20 million a year to. 
I got CeeDee Lamb, who looks like a star, and I got Gallup, who's probably the best third wide receiver in the league. I got a $40 million quarterback. I got a $15 million running back. I got a really good backup running back. I do not need some star tight end. You know what I do need? I need defensive players, and I need offensive linemen. So what would I do? I'd tell everyone, Jerry Jones, because it's believable, loves Kyle Pitts. Everyone's like, oh yeah, Jerry Jones loves Kyle Pitts. You know what they want? They want someone to draft Kyle Pitts because they know all four or five quarterbacks are going to go. Then all of a sudden, like Panay Sewell or Slater sitting there at 10. It's like, I can put these pieces of the puzzle sitting at my desk in California. Yet everyone's like, oh my God, Jerry loves Kyle Pitts. I heard Jerry loves Kyle. Remember, it was Jerry Jones loves Johnny Manziel. And then they took Zach Martin. Like, it's just, everyone's getting played. And everyone's freaking out. Every former NFL executive who works in the media always says, this is lying season, don't believe anything. Yet every single person, and again, back to the Mac Jones thing, I think every single person I know, I'm on countless uh, 49ers text threads, all this stuff's true. It's going to happen. I'm freaking out. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not naive enough to think that there's not some truth to something. But it's just every single year, the same time of year, the same lies come out, the same people fall for it. Then the draft happens, and everyone's like, oh, my God, didn't see that coming. Of course you didn't. Because you know who it doesn't behoove to leak out their information? All these teams. It's in their best interest to not have anyone know what they're going to do. And that is currently why I don't really believe anything that's coming out. One thing I do know, I think this NFL draft is going to be one of the highest rated events in years. I don't think there will be a broadcast beside NFL broadcasts. I saw that the national championship, Baylor-Gonzaga, did 17 million people. The NBA, during the bubble, didn't have a broadcast over 7 million people. So the highest rated broadcast beside the NFL over the last year was Baylor-Gonzaga. And some college football stuff too, but I'm, I'm incorporating football, college, and pro together. I think the NFL draft will be, there will be nothing non-football that will be higher rated in the last, you know, since Corona. It is going to be massive. I think this is going to be one of the most anticipated drafts in years. Obviously, there's been trades. Two, there are a bunch of quarterbacks. Three, there's just a lot of unknown. I think people assume that they know. I don't think most of us know. Hell, I like I said, I know these people in these buildings. I have no clue. And I, I do think it would be smart if I was one of these teams, if I was the Cowboys, do you know what I would leak if I wanted some of these guys? That I love Kyle Pitts. I wouldn't just say, you know, the Cowboys like Kyle Pitts. I'd say, hey, let's say Jerry likes Kyle Pitts. Then everyone will believe it. And that's exactly what happened. Kyle likes Mac Jones. Well, of course he does. He like Kirk Cousins. It makes sense. And everyone believes it. Let's wait and see. Because I would bet we're going to find out there were a lot of lies told. Okay, let's dive into Deshaun Watson. And... I know as much as all of us know, nothing. No one beside the people that were involved, Deshaun and the females, know the truth. So I, I'm, I'm not going to give you some bold take on what I think the outcome of this situation is. Honestly, when these situations happen, whether it's you know domestic assault, domestic abuse, hell, even like stuff with drugs, sometimes the lingo that comes out the like the law lingo, I, I have no clue what they're even talking about. I, I went to Cal Poly. I got a master's degree from Fresno State. I'm a state school guy. Zero law degree. The depth of my knowledge in terms of the quote-unquote courtroom is like from law and order. I can't even pretend to know a lot of these comments, the back and forth of the lawyers. It, it's, it's over my head. And I, I've seen situations like we all have go both ways. So I'm not going to pretend to announce, I think a guy's guilty, think a guy's innocent. I don't know. Here's what I do know, though. When you draft a quarterback, especially a guy really high, who then becomes your franchise quarterback, ideally as a general manager slash head coach, that should be the guy you least worry about every night you go to bed. Nothing ever in a million years you could fathom of this nature happening to him. It stuff just doesn't happen. You worry about your wide receivers, your defensive linemen, maybe your crazy running back. I don't know. But your quarterback, you don't even think about. You think Andy Reid, in the last four years or however long Mahomes has been on his team, but definitely since Mahomes started starting, had to worry about, like, I wonder if Mahomes is doing the right thing. You think the Bills lose sleep at night over Josh Allen, Pete Carroll over Russell Wilson? Of course not. That's the last guy on the totem pole of worrying 
for those franchises. And one thing that happened this week over one of the girls came out on camera and was crying and talking about why she's coming out, about the reasons she doesn't want this to happen to other people. And then Rusty Harden, the guy that's represented, you know, all, you know, from Adrian Peterson to Roger Clemens came out and said that she wanted hush money. Again, I don't know. I don't even, I don't know to believe or not believe any of it. But here's what I do know. All of his sponsors, Nike, uh, and there were countless other sponsors I saw on the ticker, dropped them this week. They said, you know what? This is too big of a headache. We don't want to deal with this anymore. We are over this. And they backed out. And they're gone. He got dropped by every sponsor. And I do think right now that Deshaun Watson's career is in absolute shambles. This guy demanded a trade, and the Texans were not going to trade him. And then before they could even fathom trading the guy, 22 women have claimed that he either sexual assault, sexually inappropriate things went down. And I'm not a big massage guy. And maybe I need to be. I'm kind of getting stiffer in my older age. But I know enough athletes, and I just know enough people, that any high-level person, once you find something that works, you just do the same thing over and over and over again. To me, I'm going to say this over and over. I have no clue what happened. But you can't be have any common sense and not red flag the, the, uh, the reality of him having 40-plus masseuses. It's one thing, listen, you live in Texas, you got a massage therapist there. You have a place in LA, you got a massage therapist there. You might have a couple massage therapists. 40 plus massage therapists? I know the way these GMs think. I know the way these front office people think. To me right now, he is completely untouchable. Under no circumstances would anyone acquire him. Obviously, I mean, that's, that's, that's okay, thanks Captain Obvious, Middlecoff. I don't think that until this completely gets scrubbed and his reputation, and if he, it can ever come out, and again, I, I'm not quite sure the litigation, the law, if it'll ever just be black and white. He either did not do it, they all made it up, or it's just going to be some gray area. So, you know, something might have happened, but they couldn't prove it. He paid some money, and it just ends. That's, to me, typically the way this stuff ends. Maybe I'm wrong. And that is just, who knows? I, I have no clue the end result of this situation. But I know right now that I don't see, if this keeps going where it's going, how the league doesn't just put him on that commissioner exempt list and just kind of take it out of even the Texans' hands. And you've seen the trades that have happened. I know for a fact the 49ers desperately wanted Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson wanted to be a 49er. About two and a half weeks ago, before even less girls had come out, the Niners clearly waved the white flag. We ain't dealing with it. Traded up to number three. The Carolina Panthers, their owner paid $2.5 billion for a franchise. He talks over and over and over and over again about how he wants to get a franchise quarterback. They said, you know what? It's too big of a headache. World trade for Sam Darnold. I don't quite know where this is going to go. Someone tweeted at me today like, why haven't you talked about Deshaun Watson? I don't know. What the fuck do you want me to say? What is there to be said? Beside... This whole situation is a disaster. It's a disaster for the Texans. It's a disaster for Watson. It's a disaster if this happened to these women and he deserves to go to prison. I say the same thing about sexual assault. If, if in, in these he said, she said. If he did it, throw him in jail. If she's making it up, she deserves to go to jail. The problem is, that's easy for me to say, we never get to the bottom of it. Because typically in these situations, there are only two people present. And it's just two people going back and forth. So none of us know ever what to believe. But even if like you tend to lean on like it's all BS, no one can deny that this situation, you can't just all of a sudden get all these women to come together and say this. And then even if you go, well, I, you believe that the crazy, you know, uh, people coming after Deshaun could put that together. Well, then Rusty Harden, who defends Deshaun Watson, got like 18 girls that have worked on Deshaun to come out in defense of his character. To me, that's a red flag. Why does he have so many massage therapists? Why? That is insane. 
So right now, I, I don't know where this is going, but the corporations that pay him a lot of money said, yeah, we're out. All the teams that were interested in trading for a guy that I think most would consider a top five or six quarterback said, we're out. I've said all along, I, I understand just from reading these things and following them that the lawyer always tells you, be quiet. Do not say anything. Here's what I do know. If I was in his situation, I don't give a shit what Rusty Harden was telling me. If I was 100% innocent, and this was all bullshit, and my character was getting dragged through the mud, and people thought I was like a serial massage therapist assaulter, there is absolutely zero chance. I don't care about money. All that stuff's irrelevant. Your, your whole life's going down the drain. I could not stay silent. And I'm sure there are people listening that are involved in the law and like middle cop, that's not how it works, and I get it. But I'm t- I'm pr- I, I'm, I, I just know myself. I, I, I couldn't stay silent. And I, I'm not saying that indicates anything with Deshaun because that is what these lawyers tell these guys. But this situation has gotten far beyond out of control. Uh, I, I just, they, they take a while to be get figured out anyway. It's not just going to go away. I, I, it's just, honestly, it's turning into kind of a disaster for the league. I think eventually the league is just going to need to suspend him until it's all figured out. Just put him on that exempt list. Obviously, he wasn't planning if OTAs were coming anyway, but it's like, hey, Deshaun, no one's trading for you, buddy. So um, I, I think the time for the the NFL probably is just suspend him. And yeah, I mean, it's just a, just a sad situation. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, That grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7... U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Vredestein Tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Vredestein test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. 
And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, let's do a little Middlecoff mailbag. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram handle. Uh, Also, my TikTok handle. Just got on TikTok. Uh... Early, early reviews would be it's really hard. It's not very easy to put TikToks together. I don't know how these people are doing them going viral. Overall take, though, for TikTok, enjoy it. It's funny. Love scrolling through. It's a great waste of time. It makes me laugh. Unlike Twitter that makes me angry. Uh, I'm trying to slowly work off Twitter and just go full-time TikTok, Instagram. Much happier places. Ideally, just drop social media, but for my job, I kind of have to have it. Let's go to Andrew at John Middlecoff, uh, Middlecoff Mailbag. What's the word on Parson from Penn State? Dude looks like a physical freak man amongst boys. Yeah, total freak. Top 15 pick, hybrid outside linebacker, pass rusher, opted out this year, had a buddy at the pro day, said it was stupid. I mean, said he's just just a complete freak. Uh, I mean, he's going to go. He might go in the top 10, to be honest with you. Maybe that's why Jerry's saying he wants Kyle Pitts. Really, he wants Micah Parsons. Wondering if you could provide some information on what veterans think of rookies, especially at the quarterback position. When did when do they know a guy is good, great, special? Would like a take on how Justin Herbert wasn't the starter, but was thrown in and played well when others saw him in practice. Seems weird when the head coach says he is a backup for a reason, then Justin excels when placed in the starting role. It's a pretty good question. I, I think last year we got to throw out the window a little bit, though Anthony Lynn, bad look for him. There was no offseason. They hit the ground running. The dude doesn't know the offense. Anthony Lynn loves Tyrod Taylor. I guess it's understandable, but the moment Justin started playing, it was it was fireable. Uh, I think in general, I think you can see physical traits in practice. But football, unlike other sports, practice doesn't parallel games because the quarterback can't get hit. So then you see him in a game, in a preseason game, you get a feel. You're like, okay, this guy's got some. You truly don't know till you get them in regular season games, and then you truly don't know till you get them in tight spots playing big time teams. So I, I just think it takes time. You know, I, I think you know right away when you have the physical tools. You're like, wow. I bet people at practice were like, and, and we watched it hard knocks. They're like, his arm, it was clear. It, it, he was just throwing BBs. But then he started doing it. I guess they didn't have preseason last year, and then he gets in the games, and it was it was a wrap. Tyrod Tyrod Taylor's Charger career ended the moment. Herbert's first game ended that game against the Chiefs. I, so I say typically, you know, after some games, some regular season games. But to me, like greatness, like part of Mahomes' greatness was he got the MVP in the regular season and it was awesome. I actually learned so much about him watching over Corona the game against the Patriots and the game he lost in the AFC Championship game. The moxie he showed in the second half. To me, you find out, I, I'm watching with Bryson DeChambeau. I gambled on him. Like Bryson is a great front runner. He's not a great battler. Like, the, the best part about Tiger Woods is the dude would fucking battle when he didn't have his A game. Do you know what I like about great pitchers? Like a Jacob deGrom or like a Pedro Martinez or just any of the great pitchers, Greg Maddox, whoever you want to pick. All, most of the Hall of Fame pitchers, Clayton Kershaw, they can give you seven innings when they don't have their A stuff. Like, part of what makes Tom Brady great is he doesn't play great every game. But even when he has a bad game, you can still win because he can just power through it. He can still make winning plays. And that's stuff you learn over time. But to evaluate it, it's a, you just need a larger sample size. For the past four seasons, the Saints have constantly made the playoffs, but ultimately losing before the Super Bowl. What do you think the sole cause of them not being successful in the playoffs? Do you think it could be Breeze's inability to make big plays when it matters, or could it be the coaching staff? I think the last two seasons has been Drew Brees. Uh, the game against the Vikings and Kirk Cousins, like, what, what was the final score? Wasn't it like 24-21? I mean, it was a relatively low-scoring game. Uh, part of it is Drew just has limitations, right? He just, this year they beat the Bears and then lost to the Bucks. He's not an explosive enough player at this time of his career. Because the last couple years, I thought they've had a top two or three roster in the league. I mean, they pounded the Bucks twice. Now, it's hard to beat a team three times, but... Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm i not trying to blame it on Drew Brees. I'm not, like, trying to be a hater. I think Drew Brees is a first bout Hall of Famer. He's fantastic, but he really aged the last couple of years. 
hence why he retired. And I think his limitations in big spots, when you know I game plan extra hard for you, when I do everything possible. The other thing about game planning in a playoff game, I have 16 games of evidence. So I'm going to watch every single snap if I want to. When I play like week five, now obviously Drew has, you know, two decades worth of game film. But my point is like that specific team, when I'm game planning against that team in the playoffs, I have the whole season to base it off of. So I know your strengths, I know your weaknesses. And let's face it, like Drew, when you have physical limitations, like they typically get exposed in the playoffs. I love Peyton Manning. But like when I was younger in high school and definitely early in college, he was my favorite NFL player. As I've gotten older and just I look at the league a little differently, like I would love to be friends with Peyton Manning. But his physical deficiencies as a thrower, I think, limited his ability sometimes outside in cold weather throughout his career. It's just, you know, there's a re- Tom has an elite arm. I mean, it's just it's a huge benefit that he has. Drew Brees does not. Rivers, I mean, a lot of guys just have, you know, I think have a resume that leaves a little something to be desired and they've had really great teams. You're like, why didn't they win more? Well, when when you throw 90 miles an hour, not 98, it's harder to get guys out. During the Collins football season on the Friday morning podcast, give us the name of a player to watch in a big game over the weekend and then evaluate his game Saturday. Then the following week, compare the notes we take against the notes that you took. I feel you, George. The problem is, is I have somewhat of a life and that would take a lot of time. I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, we could do something like that in. We, I mean, we talk a lot about the college prospects during the season. But, I mean, am I going to sit down and take notes on a college prospect on Saturday in October? You know, because here's the reality with this show. is Saturday sweet, and I, I'm not trying to act like I watch a ton of college football. But then Sunday happens. And when I come out with the show on Tuesday, my show on Tuesday is based on basically the majority of stuff that happened on Sunday and the Monday night game. So, so sometimes the games on Saturday can be an afterthought. So it'd be a waste of my time. And as I've gotten older, I've loved to become a more efficient worker. And that would be inefficient. But I feel you. I'm not. I'm just messing around. My question is, if Joe Burrow was entering the draft this year, where would you rank him amongst the quarterbacks? I would have him number two. It would go Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow. That'd be a pretty unreal one-two. When does the conversation start about potential Chiefs Super Bowl hangover? History shows it's the thing, and the Chiefs didn't get better this offseason. What are your thoughts? Well, they, they won the Super Bowl, then they went back the next year. To me, a hangover, like, isn't a hangover also for the winner? I mean, they just went to back-to-back Super Bowls. If they don't go to the Super Bowl this year, how many teams in league history go to three straight Super Bowls? That's not normal. If they don't make the Super Bowl this year, I will not call it a Super Bowl hangover. I'll just say it's really hard to go to three straight Super Bowls. Especially, they went, the year before, they went to the AFC Championship game. Think about that three-year run. AFC Championship game, they lost in overtime at home to Brady. Next year, win the Super Bowl. Next year, go to the Super Bowl and lose. That's like what the Patriots do with Brady. Man, that's incredible. Uh, coming from someone slobbering at the Chargers AFC West Division winner at five, five and a half to one. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a pretty big stretch. We don't know anything about the head coach. Justin Herbert is going to have to do it with fans. I like Justin Herbert, but it's going it's to be difficult. You talk a lot about investing, and one of the proven observations is the masses buy and sell at the wrong time. The herd is almost always wrong. Agreed. Do you think this applies to evaluating NFL prospects? Every poll suggests the 49ers should take... See, I I see what you're going to say. I I don't think we can worry about what's being said on social media. I talked about it earlier in the podcast. Until they take someone else beside Justin Fields, then we can criticize them. But I, I'm not going to assume that they're going to do what every media's member is saying when I just said I don't believe most of the things they're saying. I think that's the problem. And I get why, listen, I'm just like you guys, I react to it. And then I catch myself like, why am I overreacting to this? That's what the masses do. Now, if we want to overreact on draft night, that's fair. That's okay. Because then we have like, I, I feel like everyone's like, I can't believe Justin Fields went 12th in the draft. I can't believe. Justin Fields fell to 20th. It's like, guys, the draft's three weeks away. Like, oh, yeah, but uh, the mock drafts. It's like, guys, he he hasn't been picked yet. I feel like most people fall in love with players from media hype. Yeah, the media hype, a good GM doesn't care about the media hype. So we got to be very careful. I I see what you're saying. 
like my topic earlier, I, I'm just not buying into it. I'll buy into it if it happens, and then we'll uh, we'll be angry. I am a lifelong Jags fan, born and raised here in Jacksonville. I like Jacksonville. My question is, do you think there is a long-term stability for the franchise staying in Jacksonville? We have a rapidly growing city, beaches, no state income tax, and the ability to play golf all year long. God, that sounds amazing. Fuck. I should move to Jacksonville. No taxes and golf and sunny weather and beaches? Holy moly. Obviously, the city is not Miami or Tampa, but I could see this becoming a destination franchise, especially after Trevor and Urban turn this thing around. I believe there is a big enough community support if we can get consistent winter. The London talk is like a dark cloud hanging over the city. Listen, I I thought that uh, maybe I've heard someone say this on a podcast that Jacksonville is the smallest NFL market as of right now. Like you said, I mean... Cities grow, right? I mean, nothing stays the same. Now, no one's going to pass like New York or Chicago or Houston, but could Jacksonville dramatically grow over the next 20 years? Yeah. Like, these markets are going to grow. Phoenix was, 20 years ago, wasn't that big of a market. Well, shit, I want to move there. Just need to get a little more money so I can buy what I want to buy. But why do I want to move there? Well, it's more business friendly. Why do people move to Texas and Dallas? Well, why does Houston grow so much? Well, no state income tax. It drives people there. Nashville. I bet it's grown dramatically over the last 15, 20 years. When I went there two years ago, my taxi cab driver told me it was the fastest growing city in America. More people move there every day than any other city in America. So, like, I can speak to California. L.A. and San Francisco are massive. We don't have much room for growth anymore. And no one in their right mind would come here. If you don't have to. If you can go somewhere else, it's too expensive. If you're not from here, it's too expensive. It doesn't pencil. So why wouldn't I go to some of these other places? So, yeah, I mean, I, I think... Things could dramatically change. I mean, we, I just saw some of the tax laws in New York. If you make a lot of money, like, why would you live in New York? You don't even become the majority stakeholder in your own life. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't put it past them. Though, right now, if Jacksonville is the smallest market and they can't, like, get a new stadium built, I think it's going to be on the table. Winning changes everything for sure. And I just, and also just people and habits change. Uh, would love to share your work with our audience in Australia. From Joel. Appreciate it. Sure way. Never been to Australia, but I think I would really like it there. Went to New Zealand when I was a kid with my dad. Place is really cool. Yeah, okay. Well, have a great weekend, and uh, enjoy the Masters, and I will see you next week. Peace. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based Live customer service from Discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
you can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 